Romans chapter 5. We have transitioned out of chapter 4, and we are in chapter 5, and oh my, there are some good things here in this chapter, in the entire book of Romans, but really good right here in chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, I'm going to ask you to grab one of those blue Bibles located underneath the seats around you, and you open that up and flip it to page 942, that'll bring you to uh, the text that we are in this morning. Some Bible teachers have titled this particular section of Romans, and when I say this section, I'm talking about verses 1 through 11. You can, you can, you can look at this as two different sections in Romans. 1 through 11 is a section, kind of its own piece, and then 12 through 21 is another piece of Romans here, another section that begins to speak about some other things. So this particular section has been titled by pastors or teachers or those who exposit God's word, the fruits or blissful consequences of justification. The fruits or blissful consequences of justification. Or others have simply labeled this, verses 1 through 11, the blessings of justification. Okay, so maybe you thought we were done with talking about justification by faith. We're not, because Paul's not. Paul's still going to talk about it. These titles, the blessings of justification, they... They provide a general or broad description, I would say, of what we find in verses 1 through 11. Now, while I agree that Paul is speaking about the blessings of justification here, to be more specific, I believe he is doing that in order to provide his readers with the assurance of salvation. To provide them with the assurance of salvation. So then what I think Paul is doing in these verses in Romans is telling us why, showing us why, we can absolutely rely on this justification by faith alone to secure our future glory and deliver us from God's final wrath. To say it another way, Paul in this section of Romans is drawing out for us the blessings of justification in order to show us how it makes our salvation absolutely sure and final. You with me? Absolutely sure and final. One writer just puts it this way. Paul is anxious here to teach us that our salvation, if we really see and believe the doctrine of justification by faith, and we thus rest our faith on Christ, that our ultimate, complete salvation is certain, is guaranteed, is absolute. Okay? So having said that, now let's read the text. We're going to read the entire 11 verses, but we'll, we'll systematically, over the coming weeks, work through each verse. Okay? Beginning in verse 1, chapter 5, the Apostle Paul writes this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, right, he's just finished with Abraham, he's just finished explaining to us Abraham, the man who was justified by faith, he says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith, into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, 
knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that also, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Okay, so if you look inside of your bulletins, you'll find on the inside, the left side, an outline that you can use to follow along. This morning, we are going to consider six assertions. Six, what's an assertion? An assertion is just a strong statement that something is true. Okay? A strong statement that something is true. So we're going to consider six assertions concerning or related to justification by faith. We're going to see those. We're going to draw them out of the text. And we're going to do that so that we who have put our faith in Christ might be fully, completely assured of our salvation. And when I say salvation, I'm not just talking about our salvation that we have now, but all that includes, which that means our future glory, the salvation that awaits us. God has saved us, He is saving us, and He will save us on His future glory. And so we're going to look at this section primarily that we might be assured that justification by faith brings about, ultimately, our great salvation. We bring it about, it establishes that we are secure in it. So, the first assertion that we're going to see here concerning justification by faith is we have peace with God. We have peace with God. Now, before we, we look at that point closer, I wanted to add a brief thought to you. I wanted to share a brief thought with you about why salvation assurance, why salvation assurance is so important for us as Christians. Beloved, certainty, certainty concerning our salvation, our future glory, being fully persuaded that our eternity is absolutely secure before God. That's what I'm talking about. That certainty leads to the boldness and motivation that we need to truly live for the Lord Jesus Christ in the present right now, even when that means, and it will, beloved, making sacrifices or enduring suffering for the sake of Christ. Let me say it this way. It is very important for the success of our Christian lives, if that's what we want, if we want to have successful Christian lives, it is very important for us to have absolute confidence that we will participate in the glorious future that God has prepared for his people. 
See, Paul says, I'll just show you something. Paul says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. He says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Now, listen, did you hear the certainty Paul has about his future with God? Did you hear that certainty? It's not just an assurance, beloved, that the future will be great. It's not just that. It includes that. But there is a certainty there that he and every other Christian, those who have been justified by faith alone, that they will be there to experience this incredible future. Okay, so it's not just knowing it's going to be good. That's important. But it's knowing I'm going to be there to receive that good, to be a part of that good. And that assurance, beloved, gave Paul the right perspective about this life. Gave him the right perspective, that assurance of his salvation. And it gave him the strength to press on, to keep serving the Lord, in spite of the difficult and challenging circumstances of this present time. Beloved, Paul was a man, you don't know this, he was a man who was absolutely on fire for me. And he was not afraid to suffer, suffer, beloved, for the cause of Christ, to serve the Lord regardless of what it cost him. You know why? Because he was certain of his ultimate and amazing destination, certain of his salvation, certain that justification by faith alone in Christ alone would not fail him, but would bring him safely but if Paul had lacked assurance of these things, if he wasn't really sure, there is no doubt that he would have also lacked the courage and even the desire to give his life in service to the Lord, making sacrifices and enduring suffering for the sake of the gospel. So now, let's take a look at that first assertion concerning justification by faith. We have peace with God. Look back at the text. Look back at the word of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Paul writes these words. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to see throughout this section that Paul uses the word we several times, many times, and he's now referring to himself and his Christian readers. He's referring to all those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, those who have been justified by faith alone. That's the we, Paul and his Christian readers. Paul says, since we have been justified by faith. Look back at your text. I want you to see this. Since we have been. I want you to notice that he does not say, since we are being justified. 
It doesn't say that. It doesn't say we are being justified, meaning that it's a process that's still ongoing. It's still happening to us. He also doesn't say, since we will be justified. This is important. It's not, a, it's not something that's going to happen in the future. It's not a process that's going on now. It's not something that's going to happen in the future. Rather, he says, since we have been justified. It has occurred already in the past for Paul and his Christian readers. Okay, so I just want to point out that justification here was already a done deal, a completed event that had already taken place for Paul and his Christian readers. Justification, beloved, occurred at the time of their faith. It occurred at the time of their faith. Justification is an instantaneous act that takes place when one exercises biblical faith. Are you with me? Why do you care? Well, it's important. One writer says this. You cannot grow into justification. You don't grow into it. You cannot be more and more justified. It is not a continuous process at all. It is something that happens suddenly, instantly, in the twinkling of an eye. In the moment you look up into the face of God and say, I receive your son. At that moment, at that moment, you are justified. At that moment, you are made right with God. At that moment, you are given a permanent righteous status before God. At that moment, you are declared and treated as righteous in God's sight from that time forward and forevermore. How is this possible? Well, we've looked at this already. That is possible through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. That's Romans chapter 3, verses 24 through 25. And it was this saving act of Jesus Christ that occurred so that God might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Romans chapter 3, verse 26. Now, why did I point all that out? Well, it's important. It's important because official Catholic doctrine, here we go again, this is why I'm not Catholic. There are many reasons, but here's another one. Official Catholic doctrine teaches that justification is a continuous process. That you can and do actually become more and more justified with time. You become more right with God. But beloved, that is not the case. Not according to the word of God. Not according to the Bible. We who are saved have been, have been, past tense, justified or declared right with God through faith in Jesus Christ 
exercised saving faith. And being justified, our status with God is immediately and forever changed in that moment. Changed. Never to be changed back again. And as a result our, of our new status, as a result of that new status, we now have the incredible blessing of having peace with God. Peace with God. We have it, beloved. You understand what I'm saying? This is why it's so important to get justification right. It's not a process. It's not something I contribute to. It's not something I work towards. It's not something I'm hoping might happen someday in the future. It's something I have. At the moment I place faith in Christ, my status has been changed. And as a result of that, I can now say, I have. It's not something I'm hoping for. It's not something I'm working towards. I have peace with It is a present, listen, it is a present and everlasting possession for those who have been justified by faith. Now we could just fly by this incredible reality. We could just go right past, okay, we have peace with God, let's move on. That would be a mistake. That would be a mistake. So I'm going to pause right here and we're just going to, we're going to spend some time on this first point. <coughs> Okay? You okay with that? This piece Paul refers to here, by the way, if you weren't okay with it, it wouldn't matter, because that's exactly what I'm going to do. But I thought I'd ask. I just wanted to get some attribution to this. This piece Paul refers to here, listen, this piece is not some sense of inner well-being. That's not what he's talking about. It is not a subjective piece, but an objective or objective piece. Not something... It's not something, in other words, we feel or perceive, but rather it is a stated fact or reality, which, when understood and believed, can certainly bring us a great sense of peace, okay? Which we're going to talk about in a moment. But here, right here in verse 1, Paul is not saying, since we have been justified by faith, we have an inner sense of well-being with God. That's not what he's saying. Paul is not talking about, listen, he's not talking about the peace of God. The peace of God that he does refer to in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. You can look at that later, but that is there. It is an inner calm or tranquility, a peace that comes from God. It is the peace of God. That's not what Paul's talking about here. Rather, what Paul is talking about here is peace. See, the, see your Bible, see what it says, with God, with Him. And it's referring simply, beloved, to a relationship of peace. A relationship of peace with Him. Okay? So the idea here is that since God absolutely has no hostility, no hostility to those who have been justified by faith. Did you hear what I said? 
since he no longer has any hostility towards those who have been justified by faith, consequently now, they have peace with God. They have peace with him. And this is of the utmost importance for us to understand, because if you do not have this peace with God that Paul is talking about, you are still at war with God. That's what Paul's getting at. If you don't have it, you're still at war with him. Whether you acknowledge it or not. Whether you acknowledge it or not. Now, we know that people are searching for peace, right? Of one kind or another. All over the world. People talk about peace. I want peace in the Middle East. I want peace among the nations. I want peace in my family. That's certainly honorable, right? I want peace in my relationships. I want peace in my head. Right? I, I just got crazy stuff going on. People are looking for peace of one kind or another, but it is peace with God, beloved. Hear me now. It is peace with God that is humanity's greatest need. Their absolute greatest need. And guess what? According to the word of God, there is only one way to get it. There's only one way to get it. One writer says this. What you need what every person, what every human being needs is peace with God. And it is by this method of justification by faith and by this alone that you can get that peace. That you can get that peace. Listen, let me say it like this. Peace with God only belongs to those who have been justified by faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. All of those outside of Jesus Christ, all of those who have not had the redemption that is in Jesus Christ applied to them through faith, those who have not been justified by faith, those whose sins, beloved, still remain against them, Those who have not been given a righteous status by God as a free gift according to His grace. Those. They do not have this peace with God. They don't. Now I am certain there are many people that would object to what I, what I just said. Okay? They would, not, they would not agree with that. But that doesn't make it any less true. Right? It doesn't, if something is true, I don't, it doesn't matter how much the objection is, how strong it is, how many people object to it. It doesn't matter. If it's true, it's true. Right? Any person who has not been justified by faith does not have peace with God. They don't. Do you know why? Because they are actually still enemies of God. They're enemies of God. Now, again, that may sound harsh or extreme, but it is no less true. It's no less true. Maybe if we preach the true gospel, people would actually respond to the true gospel. We preached a watered-down kind of, oh, everything's going to be wonderful, hunky-dory, you know, you're going to be fine. I mean, God loves everyone. He's going to let them all in eventually. That's not true. That's not the gospel. 
our faith in Jesus Christ. Did you know what I said? Enemies of God is exactly what every single one of us were before we put our faith in Jesus Christ, before we were justified, before we were made right with God through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In fact, in this very section of Romans, Paul, the Apostle Paul, the messenger of Jesus Christ, describes those prior to being justified as enemies of God. He does it right here in the section. Look at your text. Look down back to your Bibles. Romans chapter 5. The same section we're in. 1 through 11, 1 through 11 where Paul is talking about now that we've been justified, beloved, we have peace with God. Let your eyes drop down to verse 9. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, made right with God through his death, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. There's another topic that no one wants to talk about anymore. Right? Oh, let's not talk about the wrath of God. That turns people off. But that's what the gospel is about. It's about, that's what the Bible says. So here it is. Paul's talking about using all this language that no one likes to hear. Wrath of God. Okay, here we go. For if while we were, what's the word? Enemies. If while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Now, what's that mean, reconciled to God? Can I, I'm going to give you a simple understanding of that. If while we were enemies, we were brought into a relationship of peace with him. If while we were enemies, we were brought into a relationship of peace with him, reconciled to God, how? By the death of his son. By the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. By the forgiveness of sins that we find there. Much more now that we are reconciled. Now that we have this peace with God established, this relationship of peace, shall we be saved by his life? We'll look again at this. We'll get to this. There's some good stuff here. I just wanted to show you. That's how Paul speaks about those prior to being justified as enemies. We were, we no longer are. Now, I can imagine that someone who has not been justified by faith, someone who is not a Christian, they may say, hey, listen, Jeremy, and you and anybody else that might say something like this, I don't feel like I'm an enemy of God. I don't feel like that. In fact, I feel like I'm good with God. I'm good with Him. I feel like God and I, we're on good terms. Well, ultimately, beloved, here's what I would say. It doesn't matter how you feel. It only matters what you are. Hear that? I could feel like a, a fairy. <laughs> right? So it doesn't make me one. Come on. I don't care. It doesn't matter in the end. You know our feelings can be deceptive. You know our feelings are not always true to reality, right? Hello, come on. So people can talk all day about them feeling good with God. I'm great with God. I don't know what you're talking Listen, it doesn't matter. It only matters what's real, what's true. And the Word of God says, if you have not been justified by faith, you, my friend, remain an enemy of God. You are not on good terms. You are not. 
this, that there is more to the issue, beloved, of having peace with God than us feeling like we're okay with Him. There is more to it than that. Because the real issue we need to consider is this, whether God is okay with us. <laughs> and the answer for those who have not been justified by faith is no. That's the biblical answer. Is God okay with you? I mean, in the end, what does it matter? You think you're okay with God. Ask the more important question, is God okay with you? And if you have yet to be justified by faith in Christ, the answer is absolutely not. It's not. It's no. That's the biblical answer. That is the loving answer, beloved. That is the loving answer. To tell someone the truth. To tell them the real situation that they are really in. Instead of saying, hey, you're okay. I'm okay, you're okay. Just go your own way. Do your own thing. I'm sure you'll make it in the end. When that's a flat-out lie. That's not true. That's sending them to hell. When people say, you know, oh, you preachers, you hell-fire wrath preachers, I've had enough of you. Well, have some more. <laughs> have some more because people have been turning away from this, but it's a mistake. There's no love in that. It's not loving to not tell people they're sick and headed towards hell. They're in danger of eternal damn fire. There is no love in that. That's cowardness to not tell them the truth. Because they may get upset. They may get upset. And so be it. But in love, we tell them the truth. To the person who has not been justified by faith, I would say, according to God's word, God has a serious issue with you. Beloved, he had one with me. You understand? I'm not special. He had one with me until I put my faith in Christ. He has a serious issue with you. Therefore, he's not okay with you. And you cannot and do not have peace with God. Not as far as God is concerned. I mean, what, what, whose position really matters in the end? Mine or God's? God's position matters. He's the one that says, and it is. He's the one that speaks to reality. God's hostility, beloved, here's what I would say to that person. God's hostility remains directed towards you. God's wrath remains on you. That's what John 3.36 says. We're not making this stuff up. Do you know that John 3.36, you know that gospel? That we sometimes refer to that gospel as the gospel of love. Do you know John 3.16, for God so loved, right? It's there. The love of God's there, but so is his wrath. And it says it abides on those who are not in Christ. Why? Because that person's sins are still unforgiven. They remain unforgiven, beloved. And as unforgiven sins, they are a continual affront to a holy God. For all sin is ultimately an affront offense against God himself. I didn't make that up either. That's Psalm 51.4. All of our sin, we're not just sinning against one another. Ultimately, all sin is against God. It's an offense towards God. And when the final day of judgment comes, that person will have no biblical reason. Oh, they might have reasons, but they'll have no biblical reason to believe that they will be rescued from God's divine, righteous, and just wrath. No biblical reason. 
should not have any assurance of salvation. If you have not been justified by faith alone in Christ alone, you should not have it. If you have it, you need to discard it immediately. It's a mistake to have it. It's a figment of one's imagination. It is not according to the solid word of God. But now listen. Listen. For us who have been justified by faith, made right with God through faith in Jesus Christ, beloved, we do have peace with God. We have it. And consequently, then, we can be absolutely certain of our salvation, of our future glory, because we are no longer what we were, enemies of God, because we are no longer under the wrath of God. We have been given a new status, beloved, through Jesus Christ, through justification by faith. We are now friends of God. We are his beloved children. And God holds absolutely no hostility against us. Hey, that, that's amazing. We have peace with him. And just as our justification is an instantaneous act giving us a new permanent status with God, just as it is with that, so it also is with this peace that we now have with God. It is instantaneous. It is everlasting. The moment we put our trust in Jesus Christ as our Redeemer, as our Savior, as our substitute. I love this. One writer says, says this. I want you to just think about it. The first great result, the first great benefit the first great blissful consequence, you could say, of justification is the sinner's war with God is ended then. Forever. Forever. We have peace. And for us who are Christian, for us who have been justified by faith, and knowing that peace has been made, it has been made and declared permanently between us and God, then it is true that we can have, as a result of that, great peace in our souls. Great peace in our souls, peace in our hearts. We can truly be at peace and have an incredible inner sense of well-being. We can have those things, a sweet calmness in our inner being. In spite of, listen, in spite of our weaknesses and our failings, in spite of our ongoing battle with sin. Because knowing we have peace with God, knowing as a result of our justification by faith, we can be certain that the Lord will bring us into his glorious kingdom. We can be certain of that. And welcome and embrace us with open arms. We have peace 
with God. We can be assured that we will never face God's wrath. Why? Because all of his hostility, all of it towards us, deserve just all of it toward our sin was poured out on his Son, our Savior, our substitute, Jesus Christ, the Lord, who bore the penalty for our sin on the cross. And all of that blessing becomes ours the moment we place faith in Christ. Justified, God declares, made right with me, forgiven of every sin. I will not count them against you, for I have punished my son for them. And in fact, I am going to credit to you, I'm going to give to you, count to you, my very righteousness, giving you a righteous status. I'm not hostile towards you any longer. You and I, justified sinner, we are at peace. We are at peace. And knowing that I am at peace with God, I can have every expectation that he will never turn me away. That he is going to accomplish his purposes in me. That he is redeeming me. That he is going to glorify me. That he is going to bring me into his eternal home. Prepared for all those who have been justified. That's just the first one, beloved. That's just the first, that's the first blessing Paul lays out. It's heavy. I want you to think about it. If you are a justified sinner through faith in Christ, you have. You don't have to hope for it. You don't have to work for it. You're not earning it, beloved. Did you earn your justification? No, you can't. That we just, we've been talking about that for the last two months. It's by faith that you just reach out your hands and say, I am a worthless sinner. I accept that free gift. Boom! Justified. Peace with God. He's not just the Lord Jesus. He's not some, some historical figure out there. 
He's my Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus, a personal Savior. He says, without our Lord Jesus, beloved, listen, there'd be no hope for us. There'd be no hope of reconciliation with God. None. What can a sinner do to remove the hostility that God has towards him? What can he do? He just continues to bring more hostility on himself. There would be no way, beloved, no way if it were not for Jesus Christ for us to escape the wrath of God. Huh? True or not? True. Without him, no way. No hope. There would be no way we could ever, ever make this assertion that we have peace with God. No way. Rather, we would all still be enemies of God, beloved. Awaiting the final judgment of God and the wrath of God that our sin so justly deserves. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I need to be assured of my salvation, certainly. And that's what these passages do. But they also lift up Christ again for me. They lift up his glory. They lift up his greatness. I mean, when you begin to look at these things, these are the things that impact your mind and your heart. And give that motivation, that fire inside to want to serve this Lord Jesus. To give your life for him. To tell others about him. Right? Do you understand? If it is not through Jesus Christ, we know it's only through him. And if people don't know about him, then they have no hope. They have no peace with God. They're walking around. They think everything's fine. Probably because they heard a bad message, a false gospel. Some moron told them, they'll be okay. The love of God will cover you. He'll let you in anyway. You don't need Jesus. You can go any path. Just pick a religion. You'll get there. It's all the same. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're in a bad situation. That's what we should be saying, because I was in a bad situation. But by the glory of God, by His grace, I found my way out through Jesus Christ. You see? So I'm thinking about Jesus. I'm praising Jesus. I'm wanting to serve this Jesus. And I naturally, as a result of all that, i got to tell somebody about this Jesus. He is the escape route. He is the way out to God, to salvation. To glory. And all who have put their faith in him have been justified by God. And as a result, they have peace with God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that it would do its thing with us, Father, as we, we meditate on these truths. Father, wow, just that. May we just repeat that to ourselves over and over again. Those of us who, who have truly turned to Christ, repented of our sins, placed our faith in Him. Him alone to make us right with you, God. Him alone to find forgiveness. Him alone for salvation. May we repeat this phrase, I have peace with God. I have peace with you. I have a relationship of I'm no longer at war with you, God. I'm no longer counted your enemy. I'm counted your friend. Indeed, your beloved. 
child. I now have come into the place of your love, your pure love and grace. That's where I am now. No longer do I abide under your wrath. No longer am I awaiting the judgment for my sin. No longer, God, have peace And may the truth of that carry us on in the difficult days that we spend on this earth. Father, for those that are here who maybe they thought they were okay with God, but they've never really placed their faith in Jesus Christ. They've never given their lives to Jesus Christ. They've never looked at Him, turned to Him as their one and only Savior, as the substitute that bore the penalty for sin. They haven't looked at Him in that way. They haven't trusted Him. They don't think about Him that way. Father, may You convict them now. Now, please. I don't demand, I just plead. Please, Father, convict those that are here and those that might listen to this in the weeks ahead. Convict them as they hear. If they are not justified by faith, let them hear it loud and clear that they have no peace with you. And may the reality of that cause them to fall before you. Call out upon your mercy and find it in Jesus Christ, your Son, the Lord, the Savior of sinners. I pray that that would happen, Father. I pray you would bring those things about. In Jesus' name.